Well, good morning to each and every one of you. I'm so glad to see you here on site, and welcome to the many who are joining online. How many people are ready for God's Word? Come on, are you ready for God's Word? Yeah! Well, we're in a seven-part sermon series that concludes today, and we're talking about the seven great I Am sayings of Jesus. And today, we're going to explore that I Am saying where Jesus said, I am the vine. Have you ever noticed that Jesus often found the familiar and shared a truth? Sometimes it was water, it was a fig tree, uh, it was soil, uh, whatever it was. And, and, but, but here we're going to learn that he takes the familiar of grapes and a vine. In Israel, agriculture, grapes was a huge part of their agriculture in Israel. In fact, I learned that the emblem of Israel is grapes. Just like the maple leaf is the emblem for Canada, grapes is the emblem for Israel. And I'm also told that uh, over the temple in the day of Jesus, there was literally a golden vine that rested over the temple. I even learned that the coin between Malachi and Matthew, what was on the coin? Grapes. And Jesus one day with his disciples is probably walking by a grape vineyard and he shared this amazing allegory that I want to read today from John 15, verse 1 to verse 8. Now, I know you've been standing for a while, but could you stand one more time for the reading of God's word? And I want to read today John chapter 15, verse 1 to 8. I am the true vine, Jesus said. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown in the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Could we bow our hats? Father God, I'm praying that in these final moments of our time together this morning, that God, I believe there's a word that you've placed in my heart for this church. And I pray, God, help me to share what I believe you want me to share today. I'm asking God that you would give us ears to hear, give us a heart to receive. And I pray, God, for everyone here on site on the main level, in the balcony and in the risers, and everyone, God, that is watching online, that we would receive the word this morning and be encouraged to God be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, take a seat in God's presence. For a couple of moments this morning, I want to share with you four things. And first of all, I want to talk to you about God's great expectations for all of his followers. God's great expectation for all of his followers. And we're going to learn this morning, God's desire has always been for his people to be fruitful. 
That's really the heart. That's really the desire of God. I want to walk you through a few verses. Genesis 1, 28, God is speaking to Adam and Eve. And it says in verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth, subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over every living creature that moves on the ground. God was saying to Adam and Eve, I want you to be fruitful and I want you to rule over the earth. I want to take you to Psalm chapter 80, verse 8 and verse 12 and verse 13, because we're going to see here that God often compared Israel to a vine. Look at verse 8. You transplanted a vine from Egypt. You drove out the nations and you planted it. Verse 12, why have you broken down its walls so that it, all who pass by picks its grapes, boars from the forest ravage it, and insects from the fields feed on it? We learn in Psalm 80 that God compares Israel to a vine, but the vine went wild and the grapes became bad. I want to read to you a very sad song in Isaiah chapter 5 where prophet Isaiah talks about Israel as a vine and how it became wild. Look at this. I will sing for the one I love a song about his vineyard. My loved one had a vineyard on a fertile hillside. He dug it up, cleared it of stones, and planted it with the choicest vines. He built a watchtower and it cut out a wine press as well. Then he looked for a crop of good grapes, but it yielded only bad fruit. Now you dwellers in Jerusalem, people of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more could have been done for my vineyard than I have done for it? When I look for good grapes, why did it yield only bad? Isaiah laments in a song that Israel, the vineyard, the vine, only yielded bad grapes when while Jeremiah picked it up. Jeremiah 2.21, I planted you like a choice vine of sound, reliable stock. How then did you turn against me? into a corrupt and a wild vine. That's Israel. I want to take you into the New Testament. Now I want to take you one more verse in John 15, 16. Jesus said, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. Church, I'm looking to you today, everyone sitting in this auditorium, everyone that is watching online, the desire of God is that you would live a fruitful life. The desire of God is that this church would be fruitful. The desire of God is that you and I would bear fruit in our life. So I'll take you to number two, and I want to share with you quickly the, the characters in the vineyard. I want to share with you the three characters in this extended allegory that Jesus shared as he's walking by a vineyard one day, and he shared it with his disciples. Character number one, Jesus is the true vine. And the Greek word that is used here, translated true, means real. It means genuine. In the Old Testament, Israel was a vine, but the vine went wild. And the everything that Israel wasn't, Jesus is. Israel was fruitless. Israel was faithless in the Old Testament. Israel is like a train that came off the tracks, and, and, and they were fruitless and faithless. And Jesus says, I'm not like the wild grapes of Israel. I'm the faithful one. I'm the fruitful one. Aren't you glad today that Jesus is faithful? Come on, aren't you glad that Jesus is faithful and he is fruitful? I'm told that the vine in a vineyard, it's just the stump. It's the roots. 
It's the trunk that comes out of the ground. It's not that good looking. It's rugged and it's coming out of the ground. And I want you to see that in John 15, verse 1, Jesus fulfills a prophecy from Isaiah 53, verse 2. It says he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty, majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. And Jesus fulfills this. Jesus is everything that Israel wasn't. Number one, Jesus is the true vine. Number two, the father is the farmer. The father is the gardener. The father is the vine dresser. The father is the one who tills it. That's what the Greek word means. Every vineyard needs a gardener. And the gardener would till the ground, prepare the soil, plant the vine, water the vine, prune the vine, clean the grapes, work hard so that it would yield a good crop. And the Bible says that the father is the farmer. The father is the vine dresser. The father is the one who tills. The father, God, the father is the gardener. Jesus is the vine. The father is the gardener. But number three, we are the branches. You and I are the branches. The call of God is for you and I to remain in him. When we're faithful, we will be fruitful. I want to walk you now to number three, and I want to share with you quickly four levels of fruit bearing in the vineyard, four levels of fruit bearing that we learn in this parable, in this allegory. And the first level is no fruit. And I want to illustrate it to you because Jesus says here in verse number, in verse number two, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Verse six, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. This first basket has absolutely no grapes in it. And some believers are demonstrating no fruit. Some believers reveal no fruit. There's no fruit. There's no fruitfulness to their life. There's, there's nothing displayed of Jesus in their character. There's, there's nothing displayed in their actions that model Jesus. There's, there's, there's a fruitlessness. There's no fruit. That's, that's number one. The second level is number two, meager fruit. In verse two, well, every branch that does bear fruit, he pruned. And meager means not a lot. It means less in quality and quantity. And the second basket has a couple little fruit in it. There's some, there's some red grapes. There's some green grapes. And there's one grape here that looks so sour. It's not sweet. It's sour. And some believers have meager fruit. Not a lot. And what they have, it's not quality. It's, it's meager. It's little fruit. But then the third level we read is number three, more fruit. He says in verse two, so that it will be even more fruitful. And some believers have got, uh, have got more fruit. And there's, here's a basket. There's, there's a lot of grapes in here, but it's not overflowing. And some believers have got this level of, of fruitfulness in their life. They've got this level of, of more fruit. But then there's another level. The final level is much fruit. And I want to read to you verse number five. I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me, I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And the Greek word for much comes from a Greek word poly, which means many. It means, it means a lot. It means mega. 
And this final basket is filled to capacity and almost overflowing with sweet grapes. There's a lot of fruitfulness and Woodville. God wants this church and God wants you and I to not live a life of no fruit. He doesn't want our life to be empty of fruitfulness. He doesn't even want our life and our church to have a little bit of fruitfulness. And he doesn't even want our life to have many fruitfulness. He wants our life to be overflowing with an abundance of fruitfulness in our life when we remain faithful in Jesus, we will be fruitful for the kingdom of God. We will be fruitful for the kingdom of God. And I speak it over this church. I speak it over your life. I speak it over your marriage. I speak it over your family. I speak it over your business. I speak it over the nation of Canada. God wants his church to be abundant in fruitfulness. This is not the day for no fruit. This is not the day for meager fruit. This is not the day for many fruit. This is the day for overflowing fruitfulness. Somebody give a little clap off a praise to the Lord God. I want to take you to number four, the fourth and the final thing I want to share with you. I want to share with you quickly three ways to grow more fruit. I want to talk to you for a few moments how we can move from meager to much to many to overflow with fruitfulness. How can we move from meager to more to much? How can we live a life with abundant fruitfulness? And number one, I got to prepare you. Fasten your seatbelt. It's not an easy truth. We probably don't want to hear this, but number one, prepare for pruning. Prepare for pruning. You see, in that ancient culture, and even today, the gardener would get the, the pruning shears and would prune the vineyard. He would get the little shears and he would prune the vineyard. And, and I've got right here, this is an actual vine from an actual vineyard from someone in our church. And, and anybody who's had a vineyard knows that the gardener, the farmer, the, the, the vine dresser has to prune, has to prune the vineyard, has to prepare the vineyard. And, and I'm told that, that, that they would often cut back as much of 90 to 95% of the vines to get it ready, cut 90 to 95% of the branches off the vine to get it ready for fruitfulness. I want to read to you verse number two. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it so that it'll be even more faithful. I learned that the gardener would take his knife and he would every day clean away off, off the, the bark of the branches, anything that looked bad and cut away anything that looked, looked bad and get rid of the bad so that the good would grow. And I'm told that they would often cut into the branch to see if the core of the branch was good. And if the core of the branch wasn't good, they would cut it back farther and 90 to 95% would be cut back. One person walked into a vineyard one day and saw it filled with luscious leaves and said, my, this vineyard looks great. And then all of a sudden the vine dresser 
dresser took out his pruning shears and cut back all the branches, nipped away 95%. And the person in the vineyard said, you ruined it. You made it look bad. And the vine dresser said, if you want to have a vineyard that shows a lot of good leaves, then don't pull out the shears. But if you want, if you want a vineyard that's going to reap for you luscious grapes, sweet grapes, abundant amount of grapes, the vine dresser has to take the shears and cut back lots and remove lots. I don't know about you, but God has been pruning me back in my life, and it's not always easy. Let me share with you four thoughts and share a few thoughts on this. Number one, write this in your notes. Pruning is unavoidably necessary for fruit. It's necessary. It's got to be done just like the vine dresser has to prune back the, the branches. It's necessary for God to to cut away things in our life and remove things in our life so we'd be more fruitful. Number two, church, write it down. God is pruning his church. God is pruning me. God is pruning you. And there's one reason, and it's fruitfulness. I want to declare to you that pruning is preparing us for fruitfulness. Somebody, somebody risk a little amen today. Pruning is preparing us for fruitfulness. But then there's number three, pruning involves pain. It's humbling, it's painful. And I just want, I just want to be transparent. This past week, we looked to the numbers that came out to church last year, same day, last Sunday. 1,994 people one year ago, last Sunday in church. And this church was growing. There was many Sundays we exceeded 2,000. Last year, Christmas Eve, 4,000 people in these doors. And then COVID hits. It's like God pulled out his pruning shears and he's been cutting back some things in our life. Last Sunday, and I celebrate it, there were 735 people on site in church last Sunday, and we need to give God the glory. We need to give God the honor. We did a little statistical analysis. How many people have walked through our doors since we opened the doors on Father's Day at least once? 1,875 people have walked through our doors on a Sunday at least once since we opened the doors on Father's Day. And we need to give a little clap offering of praise to the Lord today. Come on, Woodville. Thousands of people are watching online. But I want you to know that there's pastors across Ottawa and there's pastors across Canada that are so discouraged. You will probably see many pastors resign and leave the ministry. Not me, my friends. That's not where I'm at. But I want you to know that there are pastors that are so discouraged. And I've got a word for this church. I've got a word for your family. I've got a word for the nation of Canada that God has taken out his pruning shears and he's cutting back some things that we thought were important. And he's taken us back and he's removing a lot of the stuff and he's taken away what we thought looked good, but he's cutting it back because he's preparing his church for fruitfulness. I believe that the 
best days for this church. I believe the best days for God's church are the days ahead. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to the Lord. Pruning is unavoidably necessary for fruit, one. Number two, God is pruning you for one reason, church. Fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. He's pulled out his pruning shears. He knows what he needs to remove. He knows how to remove it. He knows when to remove it. And he knows how much to remove it. He is the heavenly gardener. He is the heavenly vine dresser. He is the heavenly husband man. He might have his pruning shears out, but he is preparing us for fruitfulness. Number three, pruning involves pain. But I couldn't wait to share with you number four. Pruning is designed to develop you. It's not designed to damage you. It's not designed to destroy you. Satan is a liar, a killer, a thief. He wants to destroy your marriage. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your business. He wants to destroy this church. But Jesus said it is his church and he's going to build his church. And come on, Woodville, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. The devil is not in charge of the church. Jesus is in charge of the church. God the Father is pruning the church and preparing us, I believe, for a mighty outpouring of revival that some of us, we feel like there's no fruit. Some of us, we feel like there's meager fruit. Some of us, we feel like there's there's much fruit. But God is saying, there is so much more. In the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit on your son and your daughters. Your old man will dream dreams. Your young man will see visions. I believe that the best days for his church, come on, Whitville, are the days yet to come. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to the Lord. Number one, prepare for pruning. Number two, deal with discipline. Number two, deal with discipline. Look at verse three. He said, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You know, church, there's something that I learned about vineyards that the vines, the branches on the vines would often not grow the way you wanted. Instead of growing up, they grow down and the branches would begin to rub on the ground and the grapes would get on the dirt and they get dirty. And when it rained, they get muddy and mildew would get on them. And, and I'm told that the vine dresser every day would go out to his vineyard and find the branches that were rubbing on the ground and lift up the branch and clean all those grapes and then push the branch back into the trellis. But before he did it, he had to clean the grape. And Jesus said this, you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. You see, church, sometimes trials come, sometimes difficulties come, sometimes problems come, and too many Christians are spending too much time watching the news, watching the stats, listening to stuff that is discouraging us. I'm spending a lot more time on my knees in the Word of God. I'm letting the Word of God clean me. I'm letting the Word of God by His Spirit encourage me. I'm letting God give me a fresh word every day. I'm here to say to you, my friends. We need to let the word of God encourage us. Write this in your notes. Number one, discipline is not punishment. 
The Bible says in Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by disciplines, not punishment. Number two, I really believe it. God corrects you in order to redirect you. He corrects us so he can redirect us. Number two, deal with discipline. But the final thing I want to leave with you, number three, remain. Remain in relationship with Jesus. And I want to read to you verse 5, verse 4, verse 7, and verse 8. Jesus said, remain in me. And the Greek word remain says stay. It means dwell. It means don't leave. The word remains means abide. And he says here, stay in me. Abide in me. Remain in me. As I also remain in you. Come on, Whitville, anybody glad that when you come to Jesus, he takes residence in your life. Hallelujah. He says, remain in me. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Verse 5, I'm the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me, I in you, you will bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 7, if you remain in me, my words remain in you. You will ask whatever you wish. It will be done for you, church. That's not a free fall of prayer. Because when you're really in the word, you're going to know the will of God. And when you're in the word and spirit gives you the will of God, you're going to pray spirit-filled prayers. I don't want to pray Mark-led prayers. I want to pray spirit-led prayers. Amen. I want to pray prayers that are led by the spirit of the living word. Look at verse 8. This is to my father. Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Here's what I believe in this COVID season is happening to the church. You see, just like the vine dresser would get his shears out and begin to cut back and begin to remove everything, and he remove 95% of it. He'd trim it right back. He'd put it right back. He'd pull it right back. Everything would begin to go. Everything would be gone. Everything would be almost stripped away. And all there would be left is a few buds coming from the vine. All the branches are gone. Church, I want you to note this. Most of these branches have been snipped right back, 95%. But what is left is the vine. You see, church, less of you and less of me means more of Jesus. I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling in this COVID season. God has taken out his Holy Spirit pruning shears and he's cutting stuff away. Some of you are saying there's not as much money in the bank as there used to be. There's not enough business on Monday to Friday and Saturday in my business. Some of you are saying, some of you are saying, I can't come back to church yet because of medical conditions and I'm missing my church. Many of you are saying, I can't stand wearing a mask. We can't sing on Sunday mornings. 735 people people here last Sunday, 1,994 the year before. I'll tell you what the devil wants. The devil wants the church to get discouraged. The devil wants you to get discouraged. But God is saying to his church across the nation of Canada that he has pulled out his pruning shears and he's cutting back everything that we thought was important. So all that we've got left is the true vine, the real vine, all that 
that we got left is Jesus. And church of all we got is Jesus. We've got everything. If all we got is Jesus, come on, Whitfield, we've got everything. And if all we got is Jesus, we're going to go from no fruit to little fruit to, to many fruit to overflowing fruitfulness. Could it be that God has allowed the COVID season to pull out his pruning shears to prepare his church for fruitfulness, for a mighty open in these last days? I believe that God is about to send a mighty revival to this nation and around the world before Jesus Christ comes back. The best days for his church, come on, are yet to come. Somebody give a clap offering of praise to the Lord. I want to share with you a conclusion, five thoughts. They're not even profound, but they're reminders. Number one, your job is to bear fruit, not to produce fruit. You just be faithful and he will make you fruitful. Number two, God will grow his fruit in you and through you. Number three, faithfulness is your obligation. Fruitfulness is God's concern. Let's just abide in the vine. Let's be reminded apart from him, we can do nothing. Number four, when you're faithful, you will be fruitful. Hallelujah. And number five, God has formed you for fruitfulness. I gotta be honest, it's been a painful eight months. God has been taking a lot away, but he knows what he's doing. Come on, Woodville, he knows what he is doing. He will trim back more of us so that there will be revealed more of him. Somebody, somebody risk a little amen in this house today. Somebody risk a little clap offering of praise to the Lord in this place today. I don't often say this, but I believe I have a prophetic word for this church. And I will even be so bold to say a prophetic word for his church in the nation of Canada. God has brought out his pruning shears. He knows what he's doing. He knows the when. He knows the how. He knows the how much. And he's only removing what we don't need so he can reveal more of him in the days ahead. Come on, give a clap offering of praise to the Lord God. I want to invite you to stand to your feet and I want the worship band and team to come. Father God, I really believe that I have shared what you wanted me to share this morning. God, I really believe that you brought out your pruning shears and it hurts and it's humbling. But I'm reminded today that it's not about me. It's all about you. So God, Pastor Brad taught us a new song this morning. And I believe it's a prophetic song for this church. 
I believe God is going to turn this place into a house of miracles. So as the worship team sings, we might be stripped from the ability to sing, but we can worship. And I want to invite you to feel the freedom this morning, right where you are, lift your hands. Oh, I wish I could ask you to come to this altar, but you can't come this morning. But you can right where you are, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands. And as you lift your hands, God is reaching down. And as God is reaching down, be reminded, he is pruning, he is pruning, he's pruning, he's pruning. And it hurts, it's humbling, it's painful, it's difficult. But heavenly gardener knows what he's doing. He's creating less of us to reveal more of him. What Ottawa needs is not me, not you. Ottawa needs Jesus. I feel the spirit of repentance is sweeping over the second morning service. I say to you this morning, the depth of our repentance will be equal to the depth of the revival that God is about to send. He's a house of this is a place of praise where every demon trembles where we proclaim your name this is a house of healing and our hearts are full of faith you have our full attention you have the final say oh come We bring everything to the feet of Jesus, everything in the name of Jesus. This is a house of miracles. There's resurrection power. Your blood runs through our veins. Your kingdom tries.
before I pray that God would turn this place into a house of miracles I would like every head to be bowed and everyone's eyes to be closed and I address these words to everyone on the main level everyone up in the balcony everyone in the risers everyone that is watching on live streaming right now on Facebook, on Instagram If today was the day that you died and you stepped into eternity, if today was the day that the trumpet sounded and Jesus came back, are you ready for heaven? Every adult in this place, every young person, everyone watching online, are you ready to meet your maker? I don't want you to think you're ready. I don't want you to hope you're ready. I want you to know that you know that you're ready. Was there a time, was there a place, was there a moment that you asked Jesus in your heart, in your life? If you've not done that, before the service closed, we want to give you this opportunity. And I want to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus. And we're going to join you as you pray. So let's pray together. Dear Jesus, Dear Jesus I, ask you into my life. I ask you into my life. Please forgive me of my sins. Please forgive me of my sins. I have decided to follow Jesus. I confess to you my need for you. I receive you in my life. Today I say yes to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to open your eyes. I want you to celebrate salvations right now. Come on, celebrate, celebrate salvations. Now, if you're here on site and you accepted Jesus Christ in your life in just a couple of minutes and your way out, drop by a table. We got a Bible for you, it's free, a little booklet for you, it's free. And we're gonna tell you how we can help you in your new faith journey. If you're watching online and you live in Ottawa area, join us in the journey, come check us out, we're here for you. But if you live somewhere else in Ontario, across Canada, around the world, and you accepted Christ in your life, reach out to us, and we're gonna help you find a life-giving, Bible-believing church in your area. Now, let me just share with you, we made a mistake in the announcement video clip. We, we told you prayer night is next Sunday night. It's not. It's the last Sunday night of the month. And uh, I want to invite you, if you can be here on the last Sunday of this month for prayer, six o'clock church, God is raising the climate of prayer in this place. And I believe that there's a collation between the depths of our prayer and the depths of our repentance and the depth of the revival that God wants to send. And if you can be here on that last Sunday night, six o'clock for prayer, we welcome you. We really do. And on your way out in a couple of moments, if you've come prepared to give, uh, I want to thank you for your faithful giving. Many of you have chosen to give online, but there's ushers in the back if you'd like, and debit machines in the lobby. And if you're a guest, thank you for coming. Uh, drop by a table. We have a gift for you on the way out. We can't open the cafe yet. We can't open the lobby yet. Let's go outside and fellowship. Respect social distancing, please. And, uh, 
and just respect that, but, but enjoy some fellowship outside. But I want to, before I close in prayer, just say to you, church, God has brought out his pruning shears, but he knows what he's doing. Can you trust him? It might hurt, and I might be humbling in your life, but I declare he is preparing you for more fruitfulness. Amen. Amen. After I pray, we're going to dismiss from the back to the front. But if you'd like somebody to pray for you, there'll be altar workers standing at the front. They'll be physically distanced from you, but they're going to pray for you. And if you'd like prayer, just feel free to come to the front. and They'd love to pray for you. But could you do this this morning? Could we lift our hands to the heavens, main level balcony risers, you're at home. Get off that couch, stand up, lift up your hands. Father God. I really believe what you've given me is a prophetic word for this church, for the nation of Canada. I love this country, God. I love this church. I love this city. And I believe that you are about to send a mighty revival to this church. I believe you're about to send a mighty revival to this city. I believe you're about to send a mighty revival across the nation of Canada. So God, may we know you are pruning us to prepare us for fruitfulness. So God, help everyone to humbly submit. It might hurt, but help us to humbly submit. So God, forgive us for when we've made it about us, we want it to be all about you. So God, send revival. Send revival. I pray your blessing on everyone in this auditorium, and everyone watching online. I pray for every church in our city. God, there's some discouraged pastors. Encourage them, Lord. Help us as a church to encourage them. And I pray that we would see a move of God like we have never seen before upon our sons, upon our daughters. May we old men dream dreams, but may the younger have the vision. And may the, the baton that we're heading to the next generation be setting them up for the revival that you're about to do. So God, we give you the glory, the honor, the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. I, ju I just feel we need, to, we need to give a clap offering of praise just to let the devil know that this is the Lord's church. Come on. This is the Lord's church. Come on, Whitvale. Come on. This is the Lord's church. Evelyn and I love you so much. We really do. And we really believe the best days are yet to come. God bless you. Have a great day.